Camp Life, the program side. A weekly podcast for summer camp professionals. Hosted by Kurt Jackson and Chris Callow. Now it's time for another entertaining episode. Exploring the fantastical world of summer camp programming. Welcome back to Scamp Life, the programming side. I'm Kurt. That's Chris. In this episode, we are talking about puzzle hunts, puzzle races, hunting wabbits, puzzle stuff. I okay. It's your forte. When we go, when we go to a, an escape room, the story is great. I, you know, we we like a story, but we're really in it for the puzzles. Yeah, I'm um, not in it for the story ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes, I mean, sometimes the story's good. We have done a few games where they keep kind of the story alive by you find a a video and you have to play it and it tells you what's going on. I, I like that, but yeah, really it's kind of about the puzzles. And so if yeah. we, that, that four hour room we did, we couldn't even remember what our goal was. Oh end. my goodness. That was a little we much. Like, that was a little Were we much. bad? Were we the bad guys? I can't remember. <laughs> what was our goal? <laughs> if you take the story out, then you've got puzzles. And so that's kind of what this is. So, we're looking at a program camp programs that could be for a group of 10 or 12, but you can also divide your group, say a group of five two two teams of five or two teams of six. I think that's the better way to go about this. Have you done any kind of, I mean, you've got your escape room at camp. Have you done any other stuff? That's just puzzle. Some of the mystery trail. The mystery trails, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Our tabletop game, I mean, it has a storyline, but it's really just puzzles, too. Yeah, but that, what what is that? That's the uh, the camp owner, a new property or something? Yeah, creating a new camp. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, the storyline's in there, but i I really had the like I made the puzzles fit the storyline, not so much. I had a storyline and created puzzles around it. Uh, that was the other way around okay, that's fair so, yeah. all right, so mystery trail is a good one. Explain what a mystery trail is for those who don't know what that is i I mean, I call it an escape room on a hike, but it really is you go i so there are two different kinds of mystery trails actually. So your mystery trail, I call this Kurt's mystery trail, which I've created as well, is a, you kind of have a book that is sending you on almost scavenger hunt kind of thing, figuring out puzzles, things like that. And you answer questions in this book to eventually come up with a code or an answer or something like that. Um, I did a mystery trail, which is where you're on a trail hiking and there's little ammo boxes hanging in the tree and each ammo box is locked but like so the first one you have a puzzle in your book or whatever that tells you how to unlock that box and then inside that box is a puzzle that tells you the answer to that puzzle is unlocking the next box yeah i mean i think the big thing is that usually either if you have like a little booklet or Mm -hmm. if you solve a puzzle the main thing is it tells you where to go next so your first puzzle could be at the pool and then you complete that puzzle and maybe the solution 
Or if you have the guide, the guide will tell you, okay, now go to this place, kind of maybe a riddle or a picture. And you have to figure out, oh, now we're going over to the tree behind the nature center, or we're going to the ball field. And I think that's kind of, that's the trail. And the mystery part is, of course, the puzzles. And so there's obviously, Chris and I set up the whole puzzle and, and the, the trail in different ways. And, but that's kind of it. You're going puzzle. Your group is going puzzle to puzzle and you're going all across the property of camp. Mm -hmm. And so it could take, could take a while. If you make them real easy, it could take, I don't know, your, your mystery trail. How long does it take? Or the last one you I did. mean, it's about an hour, but it's a walk, too. I mean, it's a, it's you're a walk, walking yeah. that whole trail. So I think I if you get everything right and you're fairly smart, it's like a 30-minute trail. Yeah. But and you forget stuff, you got to go back, or it takes you a little bit longer to figure some things out. It, you end up about an hour. So the nice thing about a mystery trail is that you can, it's kind of hands-off. You give them their mm-hmm. little yeah. booklet or That's guide. No yeah. reset. <laughs> and then they go and they do it. They do the, it for like, if you have ammo boxes, they unlock it. They take out the puzzle, do it, put the puzzle back, relock it and go on. And so you can definitely use it for retreats, for family camp, for whatever, because it doesn't take a facilitator to run it. The, I said the one problem I've had with it with the not having to reset is sometimes kids will accidentally reset a lock. And so you got to buy the locks that are, you either have to unscrew to reset or something because they'll just be fidgeting. I mean, they're not doing it on purpose as far as I know some of them might be, but they're flipping around the lock or things like that and actually flip it backwards. And then when they put it back, you know, they mess with the numbers, they end up accidentally resetting it. So the next group, I won't know. If I, it could be a month later if the next group does it. That's true. And, you know, like, I, we can never get into box seven. I'm like, oh, sorry. Like, that was from a long time ago that somebody accidentally reset it. So Yeah, those those Fort F-O-R-T locks are good because yep. you have to unscrew That's it. Funny. And they're easy to read. But you can Except also do... It's hard to tell which is the front and back. I have a lot of... I've almost started labeling mine front and back just oh, because really? I've had so many groups that will try it on the back. Like it doesn't work. I go flip it around. You're on the wrong side. Yeah. So. Well, if they can't get that part, then they shouldn't be doing positive. Right. <laughs> 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 like, I don't have high hopes for you in this room. <laughs> I mean, so the other option is to have the, the puzzle, depending on what the puzzle is, just having it out. And so it's not in a box. It's something that is maybe on wood, weatherproofed, or it's indoors or something like that. So that you don't have locks to deal with. You go, you solve it, you cross off something on your guide, whether it be, again, there's different ways of going about it, but, and then you move on to the next puzzle. It's all about the the guide and how that works. Anyway, so that's that's a mystery trail. It's a lot of fun. We we've talked about it in the past. Uh, oh yeah, I, a few times. <laughs> what's that? Yeah, a few times. So if you're in, more interested in, in doing that, you can check out past episodes. But one of the ways that I like to do a puzzle, I guess 
well, one of the races would be a station puzzle race. And in a station puzzle race, you have 10 or more puzzles that are stationed around a large room or it could be outside, but basically each team, each group. And of course, this is something that if you're taking, you could take a cabin group and divide them into teams, or you can do multiple cabin groups, but each group is given a sheet with numbers on it. So, you know, one through 10, 10 puzzles. And if a puzzle is solved, it gives that group a word or set of numbers that they will write down on their sheets. So that code, whatever it is, they write down. And each group is assigned a different starting point so that they're not all together. So if you're looking at each round, 10 puzzles, it'd be 10 rounds. And you, you give each round a time limit. So they have, say, three minutes. Yep. Let's say that's the, the time. They have three minutes to solve the puzzle, come up with the code. And then at a whistle or whatever, they move on to the next station. And if they don't get the code, they don't get the code. They're trying to get as many codes. And mm-hmm. not all of them are going to get all the codes. and Or any of them will get all the codes. But that's how you go about doing that. And at the end of the race, the sheets are turned in to be evaluated. And winners are the ones with the most codes. Having you know, 10 kids at one puzzle, mm-hmm. there's only going to be a two or three yeah. kids are going to be working on it. The rest, that's why if you can divide them into groups of three to five, that would be ideal. Yeah. But even yeah. then you're going to have probably one dominating kid a lot of times. So sure. Sure. That's why even at like on my mystery trail, the counselor has to walk with them and I tell them like they get a book ahead of time and I tell them right at the beginning, starting in order, whatever, one through 10 of your kids, put their name in each of these boxes. And when you get to that box, that's the kid that gets to open it and pull out the puzzle. And so then that way, you know, little Kurt may not have been doing a whole lot back at boxes one through five, but box six, he has to be the one to put in the code, unlock it, pull out the puzzle. Mm-hmm. He's looking at it first. That's good. And so that gives every kid a chance to kind of look at it, but still be involved. you have the Chris's in the world who like to be in the spotlight and they're hopping in right <laughs> off the bat and like, right. let's just say, let me see, I can figure this out. <laughs> <laughs> so it takes a it's good true. counselor and cabin leader too, to really make sure. <laughs> it's true. So my next one is a puzzle hunt. And again, let's take 10 or more puzzles that are located around the camp. So kind of out of sight. So that you can't actually see where they're at. And at each site, there would be multiple sets, say three sets of the puzzle. And all the puzzles, the puzzle like areas are supervised by a staff member. So each team is given a different starting point again, just like the last one, the race. So they're going to different starting points. Now, when the event starts, teams are given a clue or a riddle as to where their starting place is. So for example, it might say something like, I am where you cannot run, a place that's guarded, but still really fun. You want to be here on a hot day and you'll need to dress in a certain way. Where am I? The library. That's right. It's the library. I, I hate riddles. I hate riddles. All right. <laughs> Great. Wait, so that's why you have a you team. Cannot run. You can't run in the dining hall. 
I am where you cannot uh, run, a place that's guarded, but still really fun. You want to be here on a hot day. You'll need to dress in a certain way. The pool. The pool. Exactly. It's guarded. So then that team will go to the pool. And then when they arrive at their location, they'll find a puzzle that needs to be solved. And once solved, the staff person will give them their next clue or riddle. And if the team, if a team catches up to another team, then they can pass them if they solve the, you know, one of the other puzzles that's there first. Mm -hmm. And so that's the reason you have these multiple versions. It isn't like mini golf where you allow other teams to just play through. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Get out of our way. So anyways, so that's, that's kind of a, a fun way to do like a puzzle hunt. You're hunting for where the puzzles are. You're solving you, them and you're going on to the next one. Would What's you that? have, you'd have to go in order because the answer to the puzzle you just did tells you where to go for the next one. Right? Yeah. So you would have to go however that order. Now it's not like it could be like all the way across, you know, from the pool mm-hmm. to the dining hall. And that's, it's not a circle necessarily, but also give them, give that team like a, since they're starting, give them a token. And so once they collect their 10 tokens, yeah. then they're, they're done. Cause I wonder if you couldn't run it like a scavenger hunt where you hand them the paper that has all the little riddles for where everything's at and they can go to whatever one they want. That's true. And if there's a big group there, they could look at the paper like, okay, let's go somewhere else. Let's try this one. And we'll come back and, you know, they still earn the tokens. So first team to 10 mm-hmm. tokens or whatever would win. But yeah, that's definitely a good way. In that to do way. It. Yeah. I don't know. That's just. Gives them a little bit more agency to, that, to do what they want. Yeah. That is the, I mean, that's the problem with all the escape rooms and stuff like that is that, you know, is it going to be an order or not? Like you have to do it that way. Yep. So. That's the puzzle hunt. Another one is a puzzle room. And so again, we're taking the example of 10 puzzles. So one room with 10 puzzles. And this, this is like what we do at the family escape room, right? Yes. This is my favorite thing. This is it. So you've got these 10 puzzles. You could have a light theme if you want. You don't need it, but you can. And then the puzzles don't need to be solved in any particular order. You can just go where you want. And the solution of each puzzle opens a lock. When you open that lock, it opens a box or whatever. And inside could be a flag. It could be a ball. It could be a card. But the end of the time limit, say 30 minutes, you count the cards and how many that that team got and then put it on the leaderboard. You know, Chris's cabin got nine cards 500 points yeah so yeah that's a puzzle room and you're you're gonna do that at camp this this summer that that is no, my goal yeah we're gonna kind of build that no theme or you know, light I, theme. You'll probably have a, I don't know i <laughs> put a theme on it and then it dates it but like i mean they had the puzzle rooms we've done they had a theme like they had a pirate theme or a right what do we do? A jungle, Medieval. jungle theme and a castle theme. Yeah. Yeah. And it was really just the decoration. Like yep. the puzzles weren't really pirate themed. And right. so I don't know what I'm going to do with mine. If it is, it's going to be very generic 
kind of like that. It's just going to be a, some decoration. Yeah, decor. Yeah. It's in the outdoor ed classroom, so maybe it'll be a nature themed. What <laughs> so, what locks are you going to do? Like regular locks or like the ones they had at that place? Those man, I would locks. love to find those cool keys because you you got undid the you did the slide lock, so it was all like a what are those called? Like a deadbolt kind of lock. Yeah. And so you would use those that then unlocked a really cool key to open the box that had the foam balls to throw. And I would love to find those keys. Like those were cool. Mm-hmm. But I don't, the That's guy that the keys. I need to just contact the guy. He makes everything. So, so yeah, those are, those are three puzzle. Well, I guess four actually, if you're counting the mystery trail. So four, Four ways to incorporate puzzles into your program for event or activity. Yeah. No, those are good. I like puzzly stuff. I think it's good for camps that instead of being kind of with that escape room theme, plus you're you're kind of stuck with the escape room theme. Like ours, I really need to redo it because everyone at camp has kind of done it, but it costs so much to redo. And for a puzzle room, I think you could... Easily change, exchange, but like you take a puzzle out, put it away for a couple of years, bring it back in, just mix them up every so often and really have that room, same room for several years. Yeah. So you're not, your puzzles aren't going to be like embedded into the wall or, I mean, it's just going to be. Yeah. I will. They could, I mean, they could be, I guess you just have to change it up a little bit. Yeah. Like, like there was one of the puzzles they had that I liked. I'm trying to describe it. Like you were. It was almost like a box that you could see in, but your hands could only go in through the sides. And uh-huh. there was all these wires and you had to trace, you know, whatever the, the answer to the lock said, like A, B, C, D. And then you find wire A. And if you put your finger on it and kind of traced it all the way through, like it was all intertwined and you just kept holding it all the way through, then it gets you to number five or whatever. So you knew A right. was five. And that was cool. But yeah, that would be one that, Okay, everyone knows what you're doing, but they're not going to remember it, probably. They're not going to be like, I mean, once you get in there, you know exactly how to do it, no matter what. More of a task in a way. Stay. Yeah, we, we did a room where it had something like that, but it was in a barrel, and there were holes cut into the barrel, so you had to follow the rope mm-hmm. from one side to the other, and it was, it was difficult. You had to reach in. You couldn't really look in to see. Yeah. And you just kind of feel it and go around. So I thought maybe we give a couple of puzzle examples for people who are listening. Like, what kind of puzzles are we? T- it's not jigsaw puzzles, and we're not, you know, or those stupid boxes, those brain teaser boxes. For example, a travel route. You have like a large printed map that each team can have. Uh, not that it would be a wall map. But each team gets their own because you don't want to see what other teams have done. And with that comes a trip itinerary. So four days, like where they went. Or you can find plane tickets and do the same thing. But the group draws lines from one destination to the next. And those lines form numbers. So, for example, and this is in my 101 Puzzles for Low-Cost Escape Rooms available to buy but so like trip number one you go to portland oregon then to leviathan idaho then to reno nevada 
and that makes a seven. And then the next day's itinerary is something else, and that gives you another number. And those four numbers will open a lock or is your code. That's yeah. a I, popular one. I like that puzzle. I you, you did that in my octopus room. Yeah. Uh, loved it there. But and I I redid it, put it in my grandma's purse. The <laughs> problem with it is for some reason, people, even though it's different days, they will still connect the numbers. Mm-hmm. So they'll like they'll draw the seven and then start, you know, just move from that last bit on the seven. They'll go to a whole other day and just connect it. I'm like, what are you like? And so then they can't see that it does something different because it's it's like it doesn't look like a seven anymore. I'm like, oh my goodness. And that just kills me when they do that. We have seen like in a escape room where you have string that you would put mm-hmm. there'd be thumbtacks and like you do string. Length. Yeah. And then if they go across, you have it either colored or yeah you have yep. different different lengths of string that can only go so far and then you do the next number so mm-hmm. yeah i could see how that would be yep. an issue another one that i like that is from the book is called dominoes delivers and you have seven or ten dominoes so it's a it's a phone number basically so seven numbers or ten numbers and a phone so maybe they open a box seven dominoes and a phone and each domino has a number on the back of it. So like one domino has a four, another domino has a seven, et cetera, et cetera. And so the players need to figure out that they have to use these dominoes to get a phone number. And it's done by lining up the dominoes from the lowest value to the highest value. So on one side is a four, but on the other side are the the domino dots that add up to say two. Oh, yeah. And then the next one adds up to say four and it goes on. Once you have all That's seven in a row, you call the number and on the voicemail, it gives you your code. I would be trying to line them up like the Mexican train dominoes. <laughs> you could do that. In order. Could you could make, maybe <laughs> that you make it. Yeah. But people would have to know that's how you play that game. Yeah. But that's part of the puzzle is figuring out how these go yeah. together. I really like the the mystery boxes where you so it's a box and has a hole and you have to put your hand through and feel mm-hmm. like, oh, that's I a number or that's a that shape. Though. You what? I am really bad at that. I am Are you? I, I did that, yeah. Great Oaks camp back in Illinois had that you had first of all it scared me to death they were in a cabin you had to stick your hand up through this furry box and guess the numbers and it was like i was terrified there was a snake up in there waiting for me but but then i'm like i can't i feel it i don't know is it a one is it a seven is it a cucumber i don't i don't know (laughs) (laughs) and then we just did in the puzzle room the escape room family there in ohio they had one like that too. I'd stick my hand in this gift box and try and guess the numbers. And I'm like, I apparently cannot feel numbers. I am idiotic when it comes to that. (laughs) Interesting. I've seen it also where you, well, basically if you've never done this before, you have a box, it could be a wooden box, cardboard box, but you could get like numbers or letters from Hobby Lobby. that are just kind of the thin on, on Mm -hmm. wood and then glue them to one of the sides of the box. And, cover the hole with i don't know like a a fabric with a a slit in it Mm -hmm. or felt 
and then you reach your hands because you don't want the kids to like look inside Peaking, and then yep. you feel it. But so I've done it. I've seen it with numbers. I, I think it would be it, cool. Apparently. It'd be cool with shapes so that, and then on the outside you have, you know, square equals two and circle equals mm-hmm. eight. And so then you put them together, maybe have like five boxes and each one you're going, okay, in this box, I feel a square. That's a two in this yeah. box. But I've also seen it where you have animals, like plastic animals that are stuck in there. And you'd be like, oh, this is a giraffe or, oh, this is a gorilla. And then you would also have some kind of answer key that would be like gorilla equals, you know, seven. So that would be a fun way to do it, too. Like that. That We did that. Service of um, had something like that. We had to guess by shapes. And I had to make one of you all do it because I'm like, I can't tell. <laughs> oh, did they? It's per- Oh, that's right. I'm not good that's at it. right. And I do remember you going, no, I, I can't get it. So me and Rowan <laughs> had to figure it out. Yeah. So if I, I th- if I go blind and have to read Braille, I'm out of luck. i'll give you one more another one that i like and and we both we have seen this and i can't remember if you if we did in your room but is to have like four oh we did four ropes that are hanging that have a number of knots in them Mm -hmm. did we do we did that in your room yeah we did that yep yeah and so each knot or each rope strand that's hanging on the wall has a certain number of knots that are equal distance from each other. And like the first knot has, or the first rope has three knots. So the first number is three. The second rope has seven knots. That's seven. You have to figure out that the knots are what you want to count. Another way I've seen it is, or you had it dipped into color, right? You had a color at the end. Well, we just put tape at the end so they knew where the line was. Oh, but they weren't different colors? Mm-mm. So nope. I thought it was from you. I saw it somewhere, but so let's say there's four ropes, and at the end you have different t- color tape. So the first one has blue. Second one has red. And then you have a color lock, and so you have to use the red rope, their number, of three and put that in the colored lock. So that was a really cool so way of I doing did. it. Okay. Hey, this is Kurt. So I am jumping in here because as I was editing this episode, I realized that the last few minutes didn't record correctly. It was all jumbled and weird sounding. We were pretty much done with the episode anyways. So you're not missing anything is what I'm saying. Uh, But I want to take an opportunity to thank you for listening to our podcast. It really means a lot to us. If you can rate it on whatever podcast app you're listening to, that would be really helpful. And we hope you're getting some ideas out of this. If you ever want to contact us, and you have questions or you want us to expand on something, we can certainly do that. The next episode is going to be mainly Chris talking about his mini camps for the young kiddos and how he goes about doing that. So if you've been looking to have an introduction camp for the really young ones to get them hooked on camp, 
then that would be a great episode to listen to. Other than that, I guess I will close this out from around the campfire. This has been Kurt and Chris. Thanks for listening. See ya.